iOS Dev Break. 15 minutes of current events, tips, and advice for iOS developers, including, but not limited to, discussions of Swift, iOS, watchOS, and tvOS. Welcome to another episode of iOS Dev Break, this time episode 46. And uh, I think the title is uh, going to be When Enhancements Are Not Enhancements. And that relates to the, the main subject that we'll be talking about in just a bit here. Um, but first, I wanted to have a little bit of an introduction and uh, just uh, say that it's been uh, an interesting year. As it turns out, this podcast has turned into a quarterly podcast, I think. We had one back in uh, in June, WWDC, and then one in uh, you know in the fall, and here we are with the final one for the year. And uh, I had promised on Mastodon. Uh, oh, by the way, the Mastodon account is uh, that you can follow me at is Evan K Stone at uh, iosdev.space. Feel free to follow me there, and I'll have more announcements there. I don't really have an account set up on Mastodon for the podcast yet, but I uh, am in the process of doing that. So at some point that will be ready. Uh, but yes, uh, so I posted on Mastodon that I wanted to do one last episode before the year ended, kind of like last year. Uh, thankfully this year I'm getting it done um, one day in advance. Uh, last time, last year, I think I got it uh, recorded and uh, posted at 11.59 on uh on uh december 31st 2022 and this time i'm recording it on the 30th so uh it, it, i had actually planned on getting this done earlier this week but uh things just didn't line up um so anyway uh, it's good to be back and uh talking to to everyone um the main thing that i wanted to talk about uh, which relates to the title is uh, this thought of when enhancements are not enhancements. Um, this hit me recently when I just upgraded to Sonoma. I'm kind of uh, lagging behind in my uh, macOS updates. Typically, I will even usually wait until um, the point where Xcode forces us to upgrade to the next operating system. But uh, this time, I I wanted to get ahead of the, the game a little bit. Um, there were some features, I think, in Sonoma that I was interested in. Uh, also, my work machine, I uh, upgraded to Sonoma, and then I thought, well, I might as well just go ahead and uh, and do it for, for this, um, for my uh, personal uh, Mac as well. So uh, it seems to be going well. Uh, you know, it's, it has nice features, and then ha- there's some other things that I've found have been a little bit weird. Um, the main thing that that really brought this topic to me uh, was with the music app. And if you'll notice in the music app that has been released with Sonoma, if you try to pl- to create a playlist uh, in prior versions of macOS, it would make artwork for the playlist. And it would uh, take, I think, the first four tracks of the playlist and make this sort of uh, two by two square with the the images from those tracks. And it would it would make a little collage out of that for the playlist. Now that feature for me, I, I don't know, it, it wasn't it wasn't great, but it wasn't 
horrible. I mean, uh, at least I could look at a playlist and know basically what, what it was. But um, now with the new behavior, uh, I feel like they've kind of taken it a little bit too far. Um, now what happens is that if you create a playlist, at least on the macOS uh, version of on the music app, um, it creates a background that's sort of a strange uh, gradient. Um, and then it has this sort of generic vanilla Helvetica text that it places as the title. And I don't, I don't see how this is better. Um, I, at least without the option of being able to do the prior, uh, behavior that, that, that it supported. So, so this basically got me thinking about the, the features that we add to our apps. Um, uh, in this particular instance, I think I would have been happy to just have the, you know, the option to have the, the four, um, four tracks make up the, that sort of two by two, uh, square as the, the playlist, or even be able to select my own uh, select one of the album covers just to uh, represent the whole playlist. Um, you can, which is this is what's kind of good, I guess, is that you are able to select an image from uh, a file on the file system or from your photos, which is pretty cool, I guess. Um, I'm not the type to do that though. I would I would much rather just have it assigned uh, a, a you know the a few tracks from the playlist to suggest what's in there. I think that was a, a good way, a good default. And I'm sad that it doesn't even support that as an option. Um, but it did, uh, made me feel like Apple kind of dropped the ball on this, that they came up with this great idea. Hey, let's, let's do the gradient background and you can also, uh, select an image, but I, I don't know. I, I think, um, if you were selecting an image, maybe a third option would be select something from Giphy or Upsplash. I, I think that would be a great, uh, option too, to be able to search for something that would match your, your playlist. So instead we have to outside the app, go to uh, Upsplash or go to some other location to find what graphic might w look good for this playlist. Or we might need to think about, well, in our, in our photos, what would work for this? So anyway, it seemed like a, terrible amount of work to just for a playlist uh, artwork that could have just been generated the way that, it, that they had done before. So so that's that's the Apple uh, music weird thing that they introduced uh, in Sonoma. But uh, I was, it did make me reflect on enhancements, features uh, that we create in our apps. So it's good for us to think about is what I'm adding actually adding value to our applications? Um, the user experience, we, sh we should not be adding things to our applications merely just to add a feature or uh, because we're, we are now really taken with this one particular API that we have in, uh, in the latest uh, SDK for iOS. And we just have to use it for that. Um, I don't. I personally don't feel like that's a good enough reason. Um, it, it makes sense definitely when the next Dub Dub comes out. That if there's features that come out that they are supporting that make sense for your application. Like for me, I'm building something that has that relies heavily on camera, and uh, maybe they have a Swift UI camera uh, control. That would be amazing. That would be, and I would definitely use that 
Uh, but just to support a new feature or, or sort of graft in something that doesn't feel right, um, then th then that that gets into the realm of you know we, we shouldn't be be doing that with our user experiences. So um, so it's probably a good idea that if you are thinking of doing something like that, um, then we should be running by that user experience to other people and uh, seeing what they think. Even if it's just a screenshot, hey, what do you think about this? Does this make sense? Um, and if you can, if you can get someone on test flight and be able to actually get feedback on that, um, you only really need to have a handful of people, maybe maybe three, uh, and be able to really get some feedback on this, and not necessarily like, hey, how do you how do you like the app now? But ask them very specifically about this one particular feature. Hey, uh, the I've enhanced this feature uh, in like with the music app. <laughs> I've enhanced this that where now it generates a playlist uh, graphic where that has a gradient and it, a title in Helvetica. Uh, or uh, actually, it's it's probably actually uh, San Francisco. I I, I have, didn't really do an analysis on that, but anyway, some generic text uh, font. Um, so then some, then someone might actually say, you know what, I really prefer the, the way that you did it before. And then you can sort of mull that over. Well, okay. Then maybe you can support both, uh, or, or somewhat maybe rethink how you're, you're approaching this, make it a little more flexible. So anyway, that was the sort of the main thrust of this particular, uh, episode. Um, I wasn't really going to do a year end summary or anything like that before the end of the year. Uh, if I do that, I might actually uh, have a guest on and then, you know, review the, the, uh, the whole of, of 2023. But for right now, I just wanted to talk about this particular uh, subject and uh, maybe talk about a few other, other things without getting into the whole best of or year end summary. Have you been struggling working alone in a remote world? Would you like to try a remote co-working experience where everyone you are online with is an iOS, Mac, or Swift developer? Then now is your time to join Swift Remote Studio. Using tools like Slack, Multi, and Zoom, we have a remote co-working community designed to help you improve and reach your goals with weekly meetings like the Swift Remote Coffee Meetup, the weekly remote meeting that happens every Wednesday in a time zone near you where you get to hang out with other Swift and iOS and Mac developers. Or perhaps you'd like to try the Developer Goals Friday meeting, the weekly Friday goal setting and accountability meeting for Swift developers. It's designed to help you with your business, your education, and other software development goals. Swift Remote Studio is completely free to join. If this sounds good to you, sign up at swiftremotestudio.com. Hope to see you there. Okay, the, the next thing I'd like to just chat about is the uh, effect of AI that has been speeding up in, in the last year. Um, but there was one instance where I felt like, oh, I really, I really need help with generating a, uh, a codable um, structure for based on some JSON that I had. Uh, yes, I could have done it by a hand, but it was 
super effective. I was able to use ChatGPT. I was able to hand it the JSON that I was working with, and I was able to, to tell it, hey, I want you to convert this JSON into a codable Swift structure for me. And so it went ahead and did that. It created the struct and um, it, it was almost immediate. And to me, that was kind of a mind-blowing experience. And I highly encourage you to think in terms of using AI tools like ChatGPT um, as, as a coding assistant, as being able to use these tools to um, improve productivity. It's not that they're going to take over necessarily, um, at least not in the near future. And, uh, but be able, we, we can use these tools to our advantage to really, um, to really speed up the areas where we may feel like, oh, we're a little, a little slow on, or, or just in this case, it was more just tedious. Like, yes, I could create this, uh, this struct from the JSON, but all I had to do was hand it to ChatGPT and it went ahead and, and built it. Now, here's the other thing. The initial format that it created was not 100% correct. So I actually had to go through and, and iterate on it and tell it, give it a little more specific instructions about what I wanted. And, uh, and then it turns out that I needed to extend the struct in a certain way based on additional JSON that was going to be passed with the payload. So after going through it a couple times, I was able to get the results that, uh, that I needed. And it was very effective, very quick, and it did it in probably, I don't know, 25% of the time, if that. I mean, it was, it was virtually instantaneous. So um, maybe 10% uh, maybe or 5% of the time that it would have taken me uh, to you know, slowly type all that out. I have uh, RSI issues with my wrists and things, and so uh, for me, the 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 less amount of typing that I uh, can can do, the better. So in this case, it really saved me, and uh, and I was able to do that a couple of times, and the results were remarkable and totally usable. And so for me, uh, it really, I, I think going forward, I'm, I want to look for more opportunities to be able to use it uh, in a way to speed up uh, the development. Of course, we always have to check it because remember, it's going off um, a certain um, a certain model of uh, and uh, amount of information that it's using to create the, the code that we're using. So, um, so for better or for worse, the results could vary based on what's being input, right? So it's a valuable tool, but again, we need to be careful with it and we need to use it in the appropriate way. And then also uh, check it, check your work, you know, just like we learned in school, check your work. Okay, uh, I think that's it for this week. We have those those two topics. Uh, I didn't have any picks lined up uh, this week, but uh, perhaps next time we'll have some recommendations and uh, we'll see about the the year end review or maybe just maybe we'll talk about goals that uh, we have for the next for the next year. So hopefully you have some goals too. Uh, also, remember that uh, Swift Remote Studio is still a thing. So if you want to sign up, go to <clears throat> so if you want to sign up, go to swiftremotestudio.com. You can 
uh, fill in some information there. You'll get an email that has an invitation to the Slack channel. And uh, that from once you're in the Slack, then you'll be able to uh, join the, the weekly meetings and so forth. And uh, so far we have over 125 members and uh, some are very active and uh, people are getting help back and forth and uh, it, getting and giving help. And it's, it's been really nice because it's not over, hasn't been overwhelming. Uh, it's just been a really good community to work with. So hope to see you there. So, uh, like I said, that's it for this week. And also that's it for, uh, for 2023. I don't think I can do another episode between now and tomorrow. So, uh, thank you so much for, for listening and, uh, and tuning in. And, uh, I guess we'll catch you on the flip side on iOS dev break next year in 2024. Thank you for listening to iOS dev break with your host, Evan K stone. If you would like to learn more information about the podcast or read the show notes, or if you would like to hear more episodes, go to iosdevbreak.com. You can also find various other ways of supporting the show there, so we encourage you to check it out. You can also follow and tweet feedback and questions to the show on Twitter at iosdevbreak, and please spread the word. We'd really appreciate it. If you would also like to support the show in a monetary way, please go to patreon.com forward slash iosdevbreak, and there you can find out how to help us out just for a dollar a month. If you are interested in sponsoring a future episode, please send an email to sponsor at iosdevbreak.com. Thank you again for listening to iOS Dev Break, and until next week, we will catch you on the flip side iOS Dev Break is a production of Interactive Logic. Thank you.